Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is Sunday, April 5th. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California. I would like to say happy Easter to everyone listening, especially to my three sisters who are joining me today uh, on Satellite Sisters. Monica Dolan, uh, are the roadies in bloom in Portland, Oregon? Oh, things are so lush here and so beautiful and blooming. It's just, it's wonderful. It is that time of year where Portland is Gorgeous, unless you have allergies, but you know, it, it, it sounds like you're holding them off. The uh, Julie Dolan, you're in Dallas, Texas. How's everything down there? It was wonderful, but this was an unusual Easter. It was my first honey baked ham free Easter, Liz. Oh, no honey baked ham. <laughs> Certainly delicious food on Easter morning, but no ham. Okay. Uh, okay. Hamless, Hamless, and uh, Sheila Dolan in South Pasadena, California. Here it's your spring break, man. Spring break. I'm on spring break and uh, loving it. And speaking of ham, I went over to Leon's this morning for a little ham and eggs at nine o'clock. Uh, we just had a little informal breakfast, just the two of us. None of none <laughs> of what happened to her family. <laughs> well, none of her sons rallied, and then her husband was doing yard work um, and could not be stopped. I mean, he literally could not stop for roasted potatoes and eggs. So Leanne and I caught up, you know, it was great. Okay. So uh, she, she can't join us today, but at least you had a chance to catch up. That's good. Yes. Glad to hear. Well, uh, as you guys know, this is Liz. As you guys know, I was in uh, Poland this week and I have never been there before. So I thought I'd give you a little bit of report on that. Then Sheila, you're introducing a new segment called I Know I'm Late to the Party, but <laughs> That's right. Sometimes you are, Liz. And and then again, sometimes you stay too long. But in this case, I'm late to the party and I just want to go over some things that have been around for a while. I just need to discuss them. Okay. And Monica, you have a new leaf you're turning over. It's particularly a Sunday afternoon protocol, I understand. Yeah, usually Sunday afternoon is when things happen for me. Uh-huh. I just brainstorm ideas. <laughs> really? Working on one right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we want to hear all about that. And Julie, you have breakthrough information on deviled eggs to share. We yep. should have we should have done this several weeks ago so people could be ready for Easter, but there's still time. Well, Liz, here's the thing. Single sisters, the three of you, Liz, Sheila, and Monica, um, you might not know this, but deviled eggs are a man trap. Okay, so you need to know how to make good deviled eggs. And I've now perfected it. I'm going to I'm going to share it with you. I did not know that. I've, man yeah. traps. Oh yeah, deviled eggs are <laughs> man traps. I have great hope now, Julie. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so let me tell you about my trip to Poland, sisters, yes, because yeah. it was very dramatic. Parts of it very fun. Parts of it very sad. Very um, profound. Um, do you know a little pop quiz? Do you know what the three biggest Polish cities are? Uh, I'll just tell you. Um, number, number. <laughs> well, it's kind of pop quiz I like, Liz, when you give out the answers. Okay. okay. It's an open book test. Let's call it that. Open book test. Number three, Krakow. Number two, Warsaw. Uh-huh. Number one, Chicago. 
Those are the those are the cities in the world with the biggest Polish population. So uh, so people in Poland are very. I had like three different people tell me that that Chicago is actually the biggest Polish city uh, oh. in the world. So. You know. That's good to know, Liz, and it's, a, it's sort of a fun fact that you can share with other people. Yes, like yes. So the um, so anyway, so I went to Warsaw for work because that is where our office is um, uh, for Poland. Uh, we have four different television channels in in Poland that I work on, and so and I had never been there, and it is one of the biggest. The National Geographic Channel. There are two National Geographic channels there, and they are two of not only the biggest in uh, Europe for my company, but the among the most successful in the world. So I thought, okay, time time to go to Poland. I go to Warsaw. Um, I had read a lot about Warsaw that it's one of those cities that. Um, is was it was completely destroyed in the Second World War. So mm-hmm. people, you know, it's not one of those charming medieval Central European cities. Uh, it was completely destroyed in the war, like more than ninety percent destroyed. So the it, as you move around in the city, it's a lot of like Soviet block style architecture, right. Julie, which I know you're familiar with, having lived in Russia. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Does it, did it look, because you came to visit me in Moscow. Yeah. Uh, does it look like, uh, like buildings in Moscow? Is that what it yeah. looks like? Yeah. Some of it, except Moscow still has all of the old buildings. You mm-hmm. know, what, what surprised right. me when I visited you in Russia is the, how much old city there was there. And, uh, and that's what you don't have in Warsaw at all. And even the people in Warsaw, like all the people in our Warsaw office, they're originally from there and they love their city and they happily tell you how much they love it. But they all say Krakow is more beautiful. Uh, so the, um, anyway, it was very interesting. I posted on my Facebook page, a picture of a dinner. They took me out to a very traditional Polish restaurant that reminded me of some of the places you took us in Julie, you took us to in Russia, Julie, like just over the top decoration and flowers and, (laughs) you know, uh, really, uh, really lots lots of dishes of food. Oh my God. (laughs) And just dishes, dishes on the walls, dishes on the table, (laughs) dishes. And, uh, but as you walked in, there was a beautiful display. It was like fresh flowers everywhere, but then in the fireplace, um, instead of having fires they had a basket full of live chicks it was like peeps you know like little easter Mm -hmm. chicks under a little heat lamp and it was just super cute and so i posted that on my facebook page there were some there were some tasteless jokes there about whether it was whether that's what i had for dinner and uh no but uh anyway i you know that was the the sort of old traditional polish meal they as, uh, apparently they just believe in eating a lot that was you know like, <laughs> like like a lot of holiday traditions many many cultures volume seems to be the key so um and of course you know there was pierogies which uh you know the average, very tasty liz very tasty. tasty a lot of pierogies and then the one of the traditional easter dinners in poland is rabbit and i thought i'd never had rabbit so that's what i had it was tasty kind of rabbit in a cream sauce 
Uh, Wait a minute, you ate, you ate a bunny rabbit? <laughs> oh, well, they, they told me that that was the traditional thing, and I felt like that's what I should do. I didn't really think of it as a bunny. Uh, uh, anyway, so the, um, but it was, that was a very interesting, it's a very interesting part of the world, Central Europe. Uh, you realize, you know, when you, you, I always do a little bit of preparation for these trips when I'm going to a place I've never been, just reading about the history. And uh, it just is one of those things where geography is really destiny, you know, and I don't say that because I work for the National Geographic Channel, but the, you know, just because of where Poland is in Central Europe, as you move around the country and you, at one point I had a tour guide and she was explaining, well, this was during the Russian occupation. This was during the Swedish occupation. This is during the, this occupation and the, They've basically been occupied because of their location by just about anyone you can name. So, um, so that was really interesting. And then I had I had the day off on Friday, uh, Good Friday, and then I was coming home on Saturday. So, as I told you guys on the show last week, I had decided. Um, friends had urged me as long as I was in that part of the world that I should visit Auschwitz, oh. and um, so I got to say. The like the night before Thursday night, it was ju- I just I, I just tossed and turned all night. I didn't I didn't sleep a wink the entire night. I I you know I knew I wanted to go there, and those are the kinds of places that you should see and should experience. But then, but there's a lot of I don't know fear in seeing those places, or I just wasn't sure what it was going to be like. I knew it would be sad, but I just, I tossed and turned all night and then got up super early. I was on a 7 a.m. train from uh, Warsaw to Krakow. Liz, excuse me, did you go by yourself? Yes, I did. You know, yeah. Oh, you did, Liz? Oh, I, I really... Yeah, but I'm not sure it would have been any better to go with anyone else. It, right. You know, it's it's a very profoundly sad place. So yeah. having company, I don't I don't know that that would have made it any better. Mm. So, but I did want to like I wanted to put myself because I guess because I was alone, sort of is put myself in a place where I could imagine what it would have been like to be there in, you know, 1944. Uh, turns out it was a very cold, very snowy day. So, so that helped. You could, you just could begin to imagine a little bit how desperately cold and awful it must have been for the prisoners who'd be there, like those long Polish winters. But also I downloaded the audio book to Night by Elie Wiesel. Yes. And yeah, I, I realized reading that. I've yeah. heard him speak a million times, Julie, but I, I had never actually read it. And so it's his experience as a teenage boy in Auschwitz. So that's why. So I listened to that, listened to the audiobook uh, the night before and then a little bit on the train that day. And then, um, so I, I get to, to Krakow and a tour guide picked me up. We, you know, saw a little bit of the beautiful city of Krakow. I'll come back to that. And then we drove out to Auschwitz, which is like an hour outside of the city. And, uh, you know, there were uh, there were really, I guess, three things that, that struck me about it. First is it's just kind of sitting there in the field. You know, it's not, it's not like you go there and there's a... 
uh, a big complicated visitor center with a movie and a, there's no audio visual anything. There's just, you know, a, a ticket booth and you, that's where you can meet your guide in whatever language you're in. And it just sort of, you know, the phrase, the, the banality of evil, that that really kind of struck me when I first walked in because it just it looks like barracks that could have served any other purpose in many parts of the world. Um, and in fact, the barracks there, the primary camp that was Auschwitz, the the barracks did exist before um, before the Nazis. It was a, a Polish military installation. And uh, so it just seems, as you're walking around, it seems like like anything could have happened here. But this, mm. is, this is what happened here. And yeah. you just have to keep reminding yourself, this is what happened here. But it's very, it's super, I don't know how else to say it, like very low tech. You're just there with the buildings in the place. Right. And, you know, in some as you walk through some of the buildings, the uh, in one building, they have long, long corridors of just uh, portraits of the people that died there. Oh, and not yeah. all of them, obviously. There were, there were 1.1 million people who died at Auschwitz, and uh, 90% of those were Jews. Others were Soviet prisoners, gypsies, you know, other people that the, the Nazis were uh, murdering. But at first, when they were bringing uh, prisoners there to be killed, they, they had a photographer there taking photographs of everyone so they were like mm. keeping records so in this one building you see all these pictures of just you know people that you know it's 1943 just the women just looked the way women looked in 1943 oh, and yeah, so that's... did the men and there were just rows and rows and rows of them and under them they had um you know what their name was what their profession was if they had one and then the date they arrived at auschwitz and the the date they died or were killed, and you know the um, the women and children were killed immediately. Uh, so usually within two months, they just got off the trains. They were sure. separated. They were put in their own parts of the camp, and then they were exterminated very quickly because they had no value to the Nazis as workers. And so, and the men were separated out. So that was, but you, you just sort of walking through this place. It just seemed very. Um, I don't know. As I say, like you, you just imagining what happened there was really, really hard to to do that. Yeah, because, to imagine the unimaginable, right? Because you know, it, it just looks like a normal place. You know, mm-hmm. the second thing that really struck me was the the permanence of a lot of what the Nazis had built, not just at Auschwitz and Birkenau, but throughout that part of uh, southern Poland. You see these big buildings that the Nazis built in like 1944. And it just struck me over and over again that, again, in in the context of history, they really thought they were building a thousand year Reich. You know, it was, it was, they didn't look like temporary buildings designed to conduct a war. These were, you know, big installations, things that obviously they felt um, were going to be permanent because their their Reich was going to be permanent. And then the last thing that I really thought a lot about how how recent this was. You know, this year, January of this year was the 70th anniversary of uh, the liberation of Auschwitz, which is in this you know scheme of human history that is nothing. 
that it doesn't know, seem that long ago. It no, really doesn't. No, so yeah. it means that people who experienced it, both as victims and as perpetrators, you know, they're still alive. Not all of them, obviously, but some of them. So the that it just it made it seem very um, very recent to me. And there's so much in the news now about you know genocide or people doing horrible things to each other you think of the news from uh from kenya this week and you realize that like that that spirit is still with us 70 years ago is not a long time ago so the um anyway i'm i'm very glad I went there. Then you go, so so Auschwitz is, you know, the camp where the barracks were, but then when you go to Birkenau, which was sort of the receiving center, that's sort of the famous big, you've seen it in a million pictures where all the train tracks come in. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can literally just walk in by yourself and walk around. There's no, it's just yeah. open. And uh, many of the installations that of the barracks that are there are recreations because the Nazis um, destroyed it as they were as they were evacuating in in 1945. But um, you can walk through. You can you get the, you see where all the trains arrived and how people would have been separated out. So it was, um, you know, I'm I, I'm not quite sure how to even explain it. Because mm-hmm. it's so hard to imagine, even when you're standing there, and that's yeah. that's what I would say about it. That it's you know that you know evil at that scale, it doesn't necessarily come with a big sign on it. You know, yeah. you can you can. There's a lot of evil that happens in a lot of places, and clearly that's the the spirit in um, in this place. So the so I walked around there on a tour. It was very, it was very interesting, you know, to be there on Easter weekend and Passover weekend. There were a lot, right. of, you know, there are a lot of visitors there from all over the world speaking all kinds of languages, which, you know, which is obviously a good thing that they, that people still make a pilgrimage to this place um, to to remember. Uh, so. Wow, Liz. Liz, can I say, ask you, was it, is it deliberate, um, the sort of, I don't know, low-keyness of the place? Is that by it, design? It must or? be, Julie. It must yeah. be. Because yeah. I've been to other museums, like if you've been to um, the Holocaust Museum yes. in D.C. or if you've been, I've been to Yad Vashem in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Um which is also very moving and very powerful, but a lot, you know, really an attempt to tell the story using a lot of modern storytelling techniques. This is not that. This is really just, it is what it is, and it's there as a testament, and you can go look at it and try to imagine how it happened and and how we can prevent it from ever happening again. But it just, I guess it seems like it must be a conscious effort, Julie, to just have it speak for itself. Yeah, yeah. At okay. least at least that's what it did for me. That that was the way, um, that was the way I felt about it. So um, really fascinating, kind of very profound. After that, we went back into Krakow and had many, you know, hours to, to just wander around Krakow on my own. So I, you know, on a slightly lighter note, I would like to thank a satellite mister who wrote to me this week and um his name 
I'm sorry, extremely hard to pronounce based on looking at the email. Przemysław uh, Jan Ehrlich. I'm, I know that's wrong. Anyway, he said, I'm a Copenhagen-based satellite mister. And oh. As, and as it happens, I'm Polish and spending my Easter holidays in Krakow, where I am from. So I know you're probably fully booked during your time in Krakow. <laughs> if I heard you correctly on the show, you'd say you'd be there for one day only. But if you feel like being treated to some tea, coffee, or cake, or going for a short walk around Old Town, I would be more than happy and excited to see you. Isn't that nice? Yes. That's that's extremely nice, It's extremely nice. Unfortunately, I did not have time to make that happen. Uh, And he said, anyway, I hope you have a great time in Poland. And your impression will be that Krakow is way nicer than Warsaw, which is something that people from Krakow say, (laughs) but is also actually true. Ha, ha, ha. And so he said, he told me what kind of cake to order. So I did attempt to pronounce that. Uh, and he told me to go to a cute cafe restaurant um, called the Cafe Camelot in Old Town. So I did that. Wow. So I'm sorry we did not have a chance mm-hmm. to connect. And it's it's not that I didn't trust you. Uh, he, said, he said, don't worry, I'm not a creep. Um but uh, anyway, it was uh, just getting your note was a very nice part of my visit to Poland. Overall, you know, despite what I said about the sadness and what it's like to be in a place with a history like Auschwitz or Birkenau, it's a beautiful country with beautiful people. And um, and I really it was a it was a very uh, it was a very powerful visit all the way around. That's what it I would say. Sounds like it was, Liz. Yeah. We're glad you're ba- you're home safe and. You know, it's very fascinating to hear about it yeah. and move and moving. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I'm glad I went. Anyway, on that note, we're going to take a short break uh, just to change up the mood a little bit. And when we come back, you know, Sheila's on spring break. One can only <laughs> imagine. Anything could happen. <laughs> Anything goes. <laughs> we're the Satellite Sisters. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Uh, Sheila, spring break in it. Uh, it's stay, but staying home in South Pasadena. Uh, wh- what well, have you not, been up to? not so much. Okay, the good news is I'm on spring break. I have a week off. Uh, so, you know, that, that could be, mean anything for anybody. Uh, but for me, I, I have a, well, tomorrow, for instance, happens to be D Day for me on Monday. This is what I have lined up in the morning. Um, These are my, this is my schedule of appointments. Nine o'clock, dermatologist. Uh, Monica and I discussed this offline. Uh, (laughs) Apparently, there's a sebaceous cyst. um, (laughs) uh, That turns into, what should I say, Monica? Not sebaceous? More like a a crustaceous. <laughs> I have it taken off. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have a doctor look at something on my back. Um, you always enjoy that. <laughs> I enjoy that. Uh, then tomorrow is my yearly eye exam. Again, that could go. Yeah, that could be hard um, uh, because they don't make you do the peripheral vision test because I just had that and I flunked it. Really. Well, it wasn't that my peripheral vision was bad. I just, you have to stick your head in this little box and press your eye and you have to focus on this dot. 
and then they do all these flashing lights and you have a clicker. And oh, yes, just, I've done that. I've done I, that. I was just wildly clicking all over the place. <laughs> all When the doctor well, came in, I could tell by her face that I had failed it. She said it wasn't really reliable the way you were clicking. I said, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it's, it's good to know you're on the road and you don't wear glasses when you drive. That's good. good. She told me I was still safe, still safe. Uh, and then, da, 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 six o'clock tomorrow, I have my taxes, doing my taxes. Oh, okay. Get me that under the wire. That is a big day, Sheila. <laughs> that's, a, that's a huge day. Okay, but here's the thing. Good news and bad news. Good news, I'm on vacation. You know what I love to do on vacation? I love to clean. I love to do my laundry. I just like to be at home. I think I've once said if my refrigerator dispensed food, I would never leave the house. Yes. Um, <laughs> I have Netflix. What could be better, right? Right, right, right. Okay. Starting last week, we have something going on in South Pasadena. I just saw a sign for it today. It's a major sewer, I guess, preservation project. I mean, it, I think we're in danger of losing our sewer system here. Mm -hmm. And this involves having the water shut off between 9 and 5, pretty much all this week. Oh, and there goes the laundry. Gonna, I know. That's going to cut into your washing, <laughs> to your hair, to your bathing. Oh, you're in trouble. That's I'm in emergency. I'm in trouble. I mean, because I, I, you know, the one thing I want to do when I'm on vacation is cook for myself and wash my dishes. I do want to do that, Julie, but I'm forced to go out now. Oh. I'm forced. But uh, so, flashback, uh, I got home on Friday, half day. So, basically, I watched Netflix for the rest of the day, and then I fell asleep for six hours. But in any case, I rewatched Angela's Ashes, which is a great movie mm -hmm. based on a very, you know, very hard story of the Irish, of course. So, boom, I turn around. The next day on Saturday at 7 a.m., this band of brothers shows up for the sewer project, and it happens to be they're all Irish. <laughs> <laughs> you were out talking to them? And, well, I said good morning, and they were all had Irish accents. And I looked around and said, do you all... Do, we, do my people always have to be scraping in the gutter? I mean, <laughs> Is that what you said to them? No, I did not. But they've been out there every day, all day. The water shut off in my building all next week. So I'm going to have to do other things. And, and as it turns out, I have a lot of appointments. I have a lot of follow-up. should have gone to Palm Springs because apparently that's where all the water in California is. <laughs> Monica, exactly. So, um so I have I have stuff to catch up on, and I I was actually catching up on things um, at the hairdresser yesterday. Okay, I have something to admit to you all. I know I said I'm not going to go to Liz's hairdresser in Santa Monica anymore. You yeah. heard me make that yeah. announcement. Yeah, yeah. You had a I, complete change of life. You were just going to stick to your own side of town, save some money. Right. I, oh, I am. I'm saving my money on half of half of that the the hair um, situation, which is the haircut. So I go to a new haircutter, but the color, Julie, the color is so important. I mean, yeah, you were she's appealing to me because she knows that I'll back her on this. I like the color <laughs> of your hair, Sheila. It looks very, very nice. And and, and I have yeah, I had someone else do it, and it just it came out a bad red. Now we already have two redheads in the sisters. <laughs> 
We have a natural redhead, <laughs> which would be me. Yes, which would be Julie. And then we have a, a redhead, Liz. Quasi, quasi redhead, which would be me. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah I never have, pretended it was natural. We have a natural blonde, Monica. Monica, you were, uh-huh. you were, and, and a quasi blonde, Leon. Yeah, yeah. I just like to be the brunette, you know? Is it, so I went back to your hairdresser. So I had some time to kill Liz just to get the color, just to do the color. Uh-huh. And I was walking up and down Montana Ave in Santa Monica. We've talked about it many times. Your hundreds old neighborhood, of neighborhood, isn't it? It's my old hood. It's completely changed, as Liz has told you in the past. It's it's vegan specialty stores. <laughs> it's blowout bars up the wazoo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many blowout bars. Then I was surprised to see a huge groundwork coffee. Mm. Groundwork. Yeah, because we didn't have enough coffee in the neighborhood. <laughs> okay. So speaking of coffee. The tried and true coffee place on Montana Ave in Santa Monica was always Pete's Coffee. Am I right? Yes. You're right. Yeah. Oh, well, that, that place was the hub of activity. That was the center of the, mm-hmm. the okay. neighborhood. Well, times have changed. I think Pete's is taking a big hit from groundwork. And I, when I was in there yesterday, I want to just tell you what I witnessed. Okay. First of all, it was deserted, which is unheard of. Mm-hmm. Um, in my day when I lived there, right. uh, the only person I saw was a familiar character who I nicknamed the Sherpa. I don't know if you remember him. <laughs> I, I do not know. This- he was probably a trust fund recipient who spent most of his time um, wearing, you know, blankets, a lot of blankets. He was bathed in a lot of a lot of patchouli oil. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. A good-looking guy, uh, lots of journals. He always said, and he didn't have a job, so he spent most of his day at Pete's. The Sherpa was there, but it, it was it was a uh, it was like something had happened, Liz. All the life had just been sucked out of Pete's. So I'm standing in line, and I'm just trying to get an iced coffee before I go get my hair. And this is not funny, but the first thing that happened was someone fell down the stairs from the bathroom, okay? A customer just fell, and there was no one really to help her up. I mean, it was like a skeleton. Did you go to help? (laughs) Yes, there was a skeleton crew. I mean, mean, gone are the days when Pete's had eight baristas behind the counter, Liz. (laughs) So I had to help this poor woman up. Then... Uh, the the older female barista, the skinny woman who wore funny hats, she's still there. <laughs> she was scrubbing the plexiglass uh, uh, screen where the bu- where the muffins are and stuff, and she <laughs> fell. She fell into <laughs> what is happening? No, she fell into the moaning syrup display, and she completely wiped. <laughs> wiped out i mean it was like is no one and the, the sherpa didn't get up did it was was no one paying attention to all of this and then these two women who i just of course i i judged them because they're together in line ahead of me they're talking 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 they call them up and they don't go to the order together one at a time they order and even one friend said, do you want me to get you your coffee? Oh, no, I'll wait in line in front of Sheila and make her wait even longer. <laughs> so it seems like the whole place is 
it's going downhill. It's doomed, so, Sheila. Yeah. It's doomed. Does it have some disease? Was there some raid on the place or something? Um, so, so finally, these two women who finally got their, I mean, there's no one in there. I'm the only other person in there besides these two ladies. They Those go two to didn't s- fall down, did they? <laughs> they spilled their water. Oh. <laughs> Over the table, and again, no one got up to help them, so they just moved to another table. It's wet. No, pizza's pizza's going down in flames, Liz. <laughs> well, I haven't been in there in a while, so I'll have to check it out now. I will start monitoring the traffic. It was never my regular spot, so uh, it was. It's, but it's got that nice sunny corner. So you're right. It was it was the hub of the neighborhood, particularly for the expensive bicycle crowd. And the trust funds out of work all day dwellers. <laughs> and there was oh. parking spaces. That's true, Monica. Parking behind there. That okay, so the crowd. I have made some predictions that have come true on this, you know, many times on Satellite Sisters. So wait and see, Liz. It's it's going to be gone within the year. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll monitor that and report back on my findings. Okay. So speaking of spring break, I've been catching up with some stuff and – um, this is a new segment I'd like to call. I know I'm late to the party, but <laughs> okay. okay, okay. I know I'm late to the party, but Bloodline, Bloodline on TV. Yeah. Hello. Has everyone seen this already? No. no. This oh. is the new Netflix drama with Coach from Friday Night Lights, right? Okay, maybe I'm not late to the party. I thought I was. Okay, there is a series on Netflix, Julie. Okay. Which- Need I'm to see it down. a bloodline. Okay, I just I want to subtitle it though. I'm going to warn you ahead of time. This is a little, uh, you know, spoiler alert. It should be called booze line. I mean, the entire, the entire. I watched the whole series up and down multiple times. Thirteen episodes, whatever. Uh, it's it's all. It's Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights. It's Sissy. We're talking Sissy Spacek. We're talking Sam Shepard. Stars. Stars. Um, They are drinking from morning to night (laughs) to the next night to the next morning and back again. It, it, It is it should be called Booze, Booze Line, and that's all I'm going to say about it. Okay. okay? <laughs> so uh, is that a recommendation? Yes, it is. Okay. Of course it is because it involves Sissy Spacek and Sam Shepard. I mean, hello, and Kyle Chandler. Um, okay, Bloodline. Okay, booze. so you're not late to the party on that one. Okay. You're ahead of the game, Sheila, as they say. Okay, am I late to this party? The, di- the dieting book called The Burn. <laughs> Okay. I've I've never heard of that. Okay. Okay. I may be late. I may be early. Who knows? Because I do not go out or do anything except work. So when I'm, I had two days off, so I caught up with some magazines. It's called The Burn. Okay. And this is what it does for you. You're going to choose which burn is right for you. Okay. And these are the symptoms. There's a three day eye burn. Who would like to do that burn? That sounds awful. What? (laughs) Okay. Burn your burn your eyeballs. Okay. Do you have puffy bags under your eyes? Yeah. Occasionally. Yeah. Are you having trouble getting your rings off? No. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Do you have fat accumulating around your lower back? <laughs> and what I said to that was, I probably don't have a ring right now because there's fat accumulating <laughs> under my. <laughs> 
wait, this diet is supposed to solve all these problems? Yeah, you can go do a three-day burn, a five-day burn. So let's talk about the five-day burn. Do you notice bloating after meals? Well, of course I do. I mean, is it? Yeah, try a few pierogies, yes. Uh, Do you have heartburn once a week or more? More. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I recommend the D-burn. And finally, this is an interesting question. Do you have fat stores that feel hard and dense? (laughs) Well... Is that in lieu of Pete's coffee? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right, Julie. There's, that's the way it's going to swing back. It's going to be a store you go to for fat. Um, okay, so that's a five-day burn. I don't and, understand. I'm totally confused. You're going to go. And then what am I supposed to do if all these things happen? You, you follow gonna, the burn diet. You're going to drop three and three, I guess five and five, and ten and ten. What? The, the 10-day burn where you lose 10 pounds uh-huh. has some interesting symptoms. Are you losing hair at the crown of your head? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> if, I, if I were, no one would see it. There's, I have no rings. There's no one at home. There's, there's, you, you have the nice Irish sewer guys outside, Sheila. And my... Ask them. Ask them to look at the top of your head. See what they think. It's funny. I mentioned one of them was kind of cute to one of my male friends. He said, well, why don't you invite him in for tea? I said, I'd have to scrub them down first. <laughs> and, and, there's and, no water. There's no water. Uh, do you feel moody, irritable, or weepy? Yeah, okay. yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. Sure. From no rings, lower back, <laughs> and feeling hard and dense. Okay. All right. That's it. It's called the burn. You can look into it. Her name is Haley Pomroy. And <laughs> sure. 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 Her name's Haley Pomroy. It's fat metabolism diet. And the last thing I'll say, I know I'm late to the party, but narrow, pointy, heelless, skinny shoes for spring. Anybody? Oh. Okay, Sheila, I bought those last year. Oh, I can't oh, wear them. So you I are late to the party, Sheila. You okay. are late to your par- party, Sheila. I bought, but you can't walk in them, Sheila. That's okay. The okay, I, I, I'm just wondering. I saw, I, I, I saw them finally in magazines. I saw a woman wearing them last night. First of all, I can't wear flats anymore. I can't wear. <laughs> I can't wear pointy. There are fat stores in my feet now. <laughs> Never mind your bunions. That are hard and dense. <laughs> and I, I just feel like, who can wear those, Julie? Anybody? I don't know, but you can't. You can wear them, but you can't walk in them. That's the problem. <laughs> you can put them on your feet. That's what I did in Nordstrom's. Put them on my feet. Got home, could not walk in them. Okay, all right, I got it. Okay, that's it. That's 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 my party. Oh wow! Well, Sheila, I have one more to add to your. Um, what is it? I'm late to the party. I guess I'm late to the party. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I guess it's something that's just sweeping the nation. Adult coloring books. That is not sweeping the nation. Yes, it is, Liz. Yes, it is. I know you were out of the country last week. (laughs) Oh, it swept the nation this week? Okay, that's possible. There were a million stories about the popularity of adult coloring books. So adults are buying coloring books designed for them, crayons, 
and it's supposed to be a great stress buster. Mm -hmm. So instead of, you know, yelling at your kids or yelling at your boss, you're supposed to take out your coloring book, but people find it very relaxing. It's a creative kind of quiet meditative uh, hobby. And I would just say the woman that wrote that, that, this woman uh, wrote a coloring book called for design one, the secret garden. And it's the number one best-selling book on Amazon. And she was all over the news last week. So, Oh, that is, that is big news. I, I have to admit, I am one who always enjoyed a coloring book. I, I felt it was relaxing. I am not an artist, but I felt like I was creating something. But and when, I, Sheila? Recently? Or no, when you were no. in the, the first grade? Well, when I was younger. But I, it's very soothing to... I, I, I agree with Sheila. You know, I like to color with my granddaughter, Alice. I yeah, enjoy so that. And I enjoy, I mean, I don't know if I could handle an adult coloring book, but I can handle a children's coloring book. And I like to color in those. <laughs> okay. okay. We have two coloring sisters. Okay. Two coloring, And you know what? I'm considering it. The secret garden book looks pretty complex, but there are other adult coloring books uh, I think that will be simpler, or you could just get some kids' coloring books. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Start, start. Just small. go to CVS and get a kids' coloring book. Start there. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you don't have to be embarrassed about asking for adult coloring books, Liz, because they exist. Okay, I, don't want but you I would be embarrassed. Like, say I'm at work. And I'm having kind of a stressful day. Well, at work. And I, I want to kind of calm myself down. And I pull the coloring book out of my desk and I sit at my desk and start coloring. That is risky behavior in a workplace. <laughs> I don't yeah. think so. I think you're going to be on point, as they say. <laughs> I think you will be on trend. You could. Even... You don't want to be late to the party, Liz. Right. No, no. That would be worse than coloring at work. You could even start a coloring, like, coloring click at work you know a little coloring club oh no no liz would never do that no <laughs> I, I would say nobody should ever do that <laughs> you know what I, i'm considering trying it seriously okay. especially bringing it to work and uh when i feel like i'm gonna you know bull, go off else there i'm gonna pull out my coloring book i'm gonna try it okay something i am trying this week i'm turning over a new leaf today okay exciting <laughs> This usually happens on Sunday. I get some idea. I get fired up about it. You know, usually has to do with self-improvement, home improvement. But I've decided the time has come that I have to start <laughs> menu planning. What? Oh, oh, menu planning. Oh, I, I do that for the week. Menu planning. It's not just dinner. It's I am sick. I am wasting so much money buying my lunch at work every day. Let me tell you what happens in my workplace. Everyone brings their lunch. They bring wonderful lunches. They're very healthful and, you know, everyone sits down together and eats lunch. Well, not Monica because she's too lazy I forget to pack the lunch in the morning, so I usually end up buying bad cafeteria food, and it's really expensive, and so I just can't afford it anymore. So I, every once in a while, I make an attempt at saying, like, I'm going to bring my lunch two days this week. Yeah, yeah. And two days, and that's all I do is two days. 
Then I tried this thing where I just bought raw ingredients with me. Oh, I've, I've done that. I've done that. I've had like salad fixins. I've had, I've had like I've had like veggie uncooked veggie burgers. I just throw them into my backpack. I don't even care anymore. I'll just mash it up. I mean, it's I being like I bring an avocado and a pepper. <laughs> <laughs> There's no time at home to slice it. And a piece of toast. There's I will try to oh, like oh, make yeah. something out of that. Well, avocado toast is good, but no no way. I'm I'm going full on menu planning this afternoon. I have my shopping list and I am going I'm gonna clean out my Tupperware and ha- I'm gonna set it out on the counter. The Tupperware in the bags, and I'm gonna have everything done. I'm gonna Try the first week. I'm going to do just salad bar. So salad basics and then mix-ins on top. Yeah. So I went to one of my favorite websites is The Kitchen. I don't know if you guys ever look at that website. No, I guess I'm late to that party. The Kitchen. Um, So it's K-I-T-C-H-N. So they had a whole sort of like how to make a week's worth of lunch salads with protein. So that's what I'm doing this week. And then I thought maybe I should expand it to dinner. So I've been searching online for all of these weekday menu planners. And I got one from Real Simple. It's four weeks of dinners. I think that's a little ambitious. I'm just going to try one week. And I know people are going to email me and say, there's an app for that. And you're right. There is an app for that. But I don't know how to use the phone. You're, you're still new to the iPhone. Let's yeah. take, take your time one on step that. at a time. Yeah, you're definitely time. late to that party, Monica. You're so, take your time. So, to it. But, you know, maybe, so I have my list and that's it. I'm just I'm, I'm making a commitment tonight uh, to bring my lunch five days this week. And to I make dinner for myself every night, but to make a real dinner with a menu plan, see how it goes. Okay, well, good luck. As someone who brings her lunch every day, I would just start with lunch, Monica. That's going to be a lot. Okay. The first couple of days, you're psyched. You have it. By Wednesday, you're exhausted. <laughs> and you just, you, I mean, I literally. I that's what happens, and I just want to buy the sandwich. I know, I know. But didn't you just finish? I mean, you're a good cook, Monica. Didn't you just have your friends over for dinner? Didn't you? Last weekend, I had my friends over for dinner, and I made. It didn't. Well, you know, I I had do this salmon uh, dinner, and it's like sam roasted salmon with pearl couscous, roasted tomatoes, and then you put this oregano, lemon, garlic infused oil on top you kind of Mm. sprinkle it on top and so I made it last Sunday night and I made it before and it just didn't come out very well I don't know what the deal was it wasn't as good as the first time I made it but Sheila I think I don't do this I blew like a week's paycheck on that salmon because I thought Tell them how did that happen, Monica? Well, how that happened is I thought if I'm going to have people over for dinner, I'm just going to go, and the salmon is the main course. I'm just going to go big on the salmon and get some really good salmon. I mean, I live in Oregon. Yeah, so I imagine people are are salmon aficionados. They are. So I go to uh, this brand new fish store. 
and I start talking to the guy and he talks me into, I mean, it's not just wild salmon. It's like wild spring Chinook Columbia river. I think at one point he said it was caught by Indian tribe members. (laughs) It was like handmade trawled. Like it was naked salmon. It was, it, it was, Monica, you just fell for it. But artisanal ha- ancient salmon. It was bought by Indians in the Columbia River. I mean, how could I say no? You know, <laughs> looked. He was like, the pink color and the fat's going to come through. It was a lot of money, and I think I would have been better off buying the salmon at Costco. But that's the last time I bought. It was it was ridiculously expensive, but at least I still have one piece of it left over in the freezer. I mean, it was. Like it was like going out to a restaurant. That's how expensive it was. So that's why. Uh, sorry. Was, that's why it was a little disappointing. Yeah. But moving on. Next it, time. Well, you know, it's nice to have a little chunk of salmon in your salad at lunch. The only problem with that is the smell. I mean, so. I know. I don't like when people cook salmon at work in the microwave. Uh, yeah. Right, but you could do a cold salmon salad. Is what I'm saying. I don't like cold salmon. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, he, he kept, the fishmonger kept talking to me, you know, buying extra pieces. I was like, I don't like cold salmon. I only like it <laughs> right out of the oven. Wild Columbia River spring <laughs> Chinook caught with nets. I don't know. I fell for it. <laughs> well, maybe what you need for lunch this week is to know about Julie's uh, deviled egg breakthrough. Yes. Yeah. Let's, devil, let's, what, let's, what do we need to know about that? Okay, okay. Eggs well, are in season. Well, this is you. You would. Th- this is deviled egg season. You have not missed that. You're not too late to the party because yeah. you have Memorial Day coming up, Fourth of July. There's loads of time for deviled eggs. And I thought I made a good deviled egg, but I did see an article about how how to make the best deviled eggs. So, oh. do you like deviled eggs, Monica? I love them, and I don't. They're hard to make. They're yes, they are. There's a, all right. Well, so first of all, you have to start with super fresh eggs. So maybe you should go back to your same fishmonger, <laughs> see if he's got some chickens in the backyard. If you could grab some very fresh eggs, that's very important. Now, here's the next tip that I'm going to give you that this article gave you, and I think it makes a big difference. You have to have the eggs at room temperature before you boil them. Oh, oh I did not know that. See, Sheila, you cannot just take them out of the fridge and plop them in, a, in, in water and then uh, boil them up. Do not do that. Room temperature. <laughs> well, okay. Sheila has no water currently. So, <laughs> so she, she's not so going to do that. No, but once I get them, I'm making them for my Irish rat, solar rats out there. I'm going I'm to hook me a plumber. I'm going to hook him. <laughs> Sheila, I'm t- Men go wild. Men of all ages love deviled eggs. I don't know what it is. They they go crazy over it. So if you can make a good deviled egg, then you're all set. Okay, now the next thing you need to know is, and I've never done this until this Easter, they recommend that you take the egg carton and you put it, rotate it on the side. The eggs are still in the egg carton and you've just flip the egg carton on the side. Why would you flip the egg carton on the side? This way, you want it in this position for probably about 12 hours. That's what the article said. I didn't have 12 hours. I only had four. It worked (laughs) fine. But the yolk of the egg will then be in the center of 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 the egg. 
Oh, uh-huh. that's yeah. it. It makes a big difference because otherwise your yolk's going to be down towards the end of. Have you ever had that where yeah. you know you get your yeah. deviled egg and the yellow part is all, all you know it's too not close to the end, too close to the end. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's like a it's like a breached birth. You have to like <laughs> turn the baby around. <laughs> exactly, Sheila. So, but this is key. If you're going to make a good deviled egg, you want to do that. Then, of course, you have to follow your proper boiling techniques, where you you put the eggs in the cold water and bring to a full boil, full boil, rolling boil. Then immediately turn it off and cover it for twelve minutes. 12 minutes. 12, so. that's it, just 12. Now, if it's extra large eggs, you can go 15 minutes. But uh, but then you have to plunge the eggs into ice water, okay? And then it's a lot of water, have, Sheila. It's going to be you, a while before you can If you can, can get that. it. If you can get it. You can if just... you can get it. And then, you know, then you have your basic fixings where a little mayo, you know, mustard. Um, they recommend putting the yolks through a ricer. I did, I felt that was excessive. I do not think you need to do that. I think you can use a fork and achieve um, a perfection with a fork, mashing up the egg yolk, putting them then uh, then you know you put the mixture back in the center of the egg, and you have one good king deviled egg. Julie, I am going to make some deviled eggs. Today. Okay, see, aren't you inspired? You can do that, but don't don't forget to bring them to room temperature. Yeah, turn but turn them on their sides. So you know you, you so you get them. Get the yolks in the middle. It's a lot to remember. I know. <laughs> Not really. No. So there's nothing about the mayonnaise or the, the the dressing or anything. Yeah, I assumed the secret was going to be what to add to the egg no, no, yolk. No, no, no. Oh, it gets the eggs perfect. You have to get the eggs perfect. You have to make a perfect egg. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. okay. It's mayonnaise and a little mustard. Okay, we got it. We got it. We got it. Okay, I think the I think the sewer rats will really enjoy that. My boys from Kilkenny. <laughs> wow, we have covered a lot of material today. This is unusual that we can go, go such a, a range of material. This is what you come to your Satellite Sisters for. Uh, don't forget, we have a Facebook page. You should like us there. We have a Facebook group where you get to comment on things. So you can join the Facebook group. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at Sat Sisters, uh, And we have a brand new website at SatelliteSisters.com. All new, all easy. Are you guys enjoying it? Have you been yeah. checking out? The, like some of the classic audio there you can listen to any show ever it's pretty easy to find stuff don't you think yes oh we, yes we could never find anything and right. we were the satellite sisters <laughs> we didn't know where anything was now we can now we have a really good website yes you should go visit it yeah so go go visit our website um and uh yeah and now and you can leave comments there too so if you what we've gotten a couple of emails about how to do that if you want to leave a comment uh you just click on the link to the actual blog post that you are commenting about and then you'll see the comment section opens right up we've had some fantastic uh contributions to our upcoming book you're the best a celebration of friendship julie you and leon announced a couple of the new categories for contributions on the Tuesday show, right? That's right. There's, uh, we need your help uh, with, in two categories. Number one, we want three words that describe your best friend. And we've gotten some great um, suggestions up there. So people have written beautiful things, three words about your best friend. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is we would like to know if uh, sort of 
if you could pick anyone out of the entertainment world, movies, TV, to, um, I don't know, celebrity world to be your sort of imaginary best friend, do you imagine <laughs> that this person, that you have a lot in common uh, with this person? Um, you know, the, please let us know who that person is. And we've gotten some good answers on that, too. And you can check it out um, uh, on the website. We need you to put the answer on the website, not our Facebook page, because you have to read some um, legal stuff on the website. Right. We can't use you in the book unless you read the legal language. So, okay, well... Um Who's doing anything interesting this week? Julie, you, have, you and Leanne up for Tuesday? Tuesday. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I'm still reeling from Saturday night, and I'm not talking about the basketball game. Outlander was on. <laughs> oh. I, I mean, I'm reeling. I, I, I'm just I, – I, I can't even, like, put pull myself together. It was an unbelievable episode. Unbelievable. So we'll be talking about Outlander this week, Liz. Okay. That is very exciting. Sheila, your break continues. You've got doctors, doctors galore. Good luck with that. Thank you so much. And waiting for my water to come back on. And uh, who knows? Maybe I'll make him firing up some deviled eggs, Jewel. <laughs> okay, and, Sheila. And Monica, good luck with your uh, with your new leaf. Uh you can let us know next week how far you get. Oh, and speaking of your water, Sheila, let me uh, let me wish you all, all of you sisters, in Poland tomorrow is Wet Monday. So have, oh. a, have a happy Wet Monday. Okay. Okay. Aren't you going to ask what that is? What, what is, is that? that? <laughs> what is it, Liz? We didn't know if that was one of, like a follow-up question we shouldn't ask. Or if this is... This is this stuck in my head. So, you know, they have big Easter weekend in Poland, obviously major Catholic country. So the Thursday, the Friday, the Saturday, the Sunday, major Easter weekend. Um, but Monday is wet Monday. And I'm told this is just an old pagan holiday that they're still enjoying. On wet Monday, what happens is boys throw water all over girls and spank them with pussy willow branches. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Liz, we are a family show. <laughs> so this is what happens on Wet Monday. I'd rather have a bowl of borscht. That's just me. I don't know. Oh, Sheila, I had a thing called white borscht, which was <gasps> oh, awesome. That was so, sounds so good. Yeah, it was really good. The food in Poland, yeah. It was really good. Okay. um, Thanks, everybody. I guess that's it for this week. We are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.